Good morning. Welcome back to Buddha God Ministries. In this podcast, we're going to continue our studies on Job. And we're starting off with chapter two today. But first, I want to thank you for being a part of my podcast, for listening in, and for gaining knowledge. And I would like for you all to respond and share knowledge as well. Today, we're going to focus on Job 2, but we're going to start off with prayer. Jesus said for us to pray like this, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I'm sorry if you hear anything in the background, that background noise that's coming from outside. I apologize, but I pray and I hope that you get the word that I'm going to speak to you today. Please forgive me for any background noise. Okay. I'm going to start off by saying this. Satan. Satan sees no failure. No, he he does not see any failure in anything that he does. What he does is he'll start with one trial and one tribulation. And he'll continue. And he'll go forward. If that one doesn't work, he goes on to the next one. He will continue in his attempts to conquer your soul because of separation from our Father God. Job 1 shows us how Satan got busy and God allowed it. Satan got busy with destroying all that Job owned, but the rain says that Job said not. So we get to chapter 2. And the sons of God came around again. And Satan was among them. You see, every time, every time the sons of God show up, Satan shows up as well. Because Satan is always on assignment. So when God sends out the call for the sons of God to gather together, Satan is that call, and he comes too. Why? Because he want to know what is going on so he could try to destroy whatever it is that God wants to bless us with, or give us, whatever the situation may be. He wants to separate us from God. So he comes to see what's going on. And God allows it. And then he sits down and he has a conversation. Because God be wanting to know what he's been doing. And his his response is always, "I've been walking to and fro." Yeah, he's watching things as he walks to and fro. He's trying to to destroy things as as he walks to and fro. But most importantly, he's trying to conquer our souls as he's walking to and fro. And the only way he could do that is to separate us from God. 
the red said that in chapter one, Job said not. So we get to chapter two. And here he comes again. So, you know, God asked him what he was doing. He started his his attempts with with uh, Job touching all of his wealth and his family and everything. He said that that didn't work. That Job still didn't sin against God. So he came up with something else. And chapter 2. Verse 1. Two. Oh Lord, that the noise outside is killing me. Verse well, we start off with verse one. And again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself to the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence come stop? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to, to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? You see, God still had trust and faith that Job was not going to deny him, that Job was not going to separate himself from him or anything, no matter what Satan did. And that's what he expects from all of us. No matter what Satan does in our lives, he expects us to not separate ourselves from him. And verse 4 goes on to say, And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yeah, all that a man hath he will give for his life. But put forth thine hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. You see, God is in control of our lives. God gives us the life, and when it's time, when our assignment is up, because death is an assignment. When our assignment is up, God gives the word for our life to end. It's not because of man. It's not because of Satan. It's not because of anything else but God giving the word. Saying, okay, it's time. It's time for you to come on home. It's time for this life that you have to end. God got the final say so. He's the beginning and end. And everything in between. And see, while we're here on earth, we are the everything in between. Because God is trusting us to have faith and keep our um, keep our faith and our trust in Him. Because of the promises that He has given us. Satan has to have God's permission to touch us in any way. And it's up to us whether we deny God in our action by losing faith and accept the way we see and not trusting the, the trusting the promises from him. I cannot reiterate this enough. So now we see that since touching the wealth of family 
that Job did not cause of Job did not cause the separation. He got permission permission to touch Job's health. Does this sound familiar to you? I know from my own personal experiences, when turmoil starts to present itself in my life, and I continue to, to live as live life as God says so in the faith, the stress from the problems cause my legs to smell, swell, my asthma start acting up, maybe a headache, maybe weary out of my mind at the time. But I will confess and testify that once my thoughts get back to my creator, none of this is effective enough to stop me from trusting and believing that my healing is in God. So my faith continues to be in God. So even in my sickness, struggles, and temporary doubt, I trust God. Like Job, I searched for the while of the lesson to be learned as a stand in the calm among the chaos. You know how they say that it's a calm in the middle of the storm, the hour of the storm is calm. So when you stand in the red tell us to continue to stand when there's nothing else that we can do, we just continue to stand. And if we're standing, we're standing on the promises of God. So we are like that eye in the middle of the storm. And we're supposed to stand. While everything chaotic is going on around me, I just continue to stand. My fear is not in what's happening, but in what lesson is to be learned from this being allowed to happen. Because it's always a reason. The main reason is for God to get the glory in the end. Because see, Satan's main purpose is to destroy us and prove God wrong. But we are sons of God. We're not supposed to be sons of of Satan. That's why we're not supposed to be all consumed with everything in this world. Because nothing in this world is actually for us nothing in this world can save our souls the word says for us to store up our treasures in heaven not here on earth so Satan was allowed to place disease upon Job but not take his life the word says that Job was covered in balls, and he sat in ashes and scraped these balls that covered him from head to toe. His wife told him to curse God and die. <laughs> Isn't this how the people around us can react to our situations? They give us advice that is not good because they like understanding of what's going on in others' lives. And the worst advice we could get from anyone is to seek refuge in anything else besides God. But this woman, hmm, it can come from the ones we love, I promise you. This woman that Job loved and was supposed to love him advised him to go against everything that he trusted, believed, and had faith in, which was God. She wanted him to deny the one who created him, took care of him, and had never forsaken him. This this um 
this verse this also shows how Satan can use others to support his cause without them even knowing it. But Satan spoke through her, and God spoke, spoke through Job in his response when he told her that she was speaking foolishly. We must understand that we must trust God in the good and the bad because we shall experience both in our lives. But God is always, always in control. Lord of mercy, we must learn to trust God through it all. Interference did not work through his wife. So here come his friends he, who instantly as soon as they saw Job, soon as they saw him, they looked upon him with pity and scorn. I would say scorn because in their minds and in their hearts, even though they did not see Job's sin, they felt like he was being punished for a sin that they had not seen but God has seen. And as we go on and further into the text with Job, into the into the book of Job, we'll see as they begin to talk, because they sat and they looked upon him for seven days without opening their mouth. They didn't say anything. They just was looking at him as if they didn't even know this man. You know, they're looking at him to try to find the fault. And isn't that how a lot of people look at look at us these days? They look at us, they don't see the good things that we do. They don't see the good in us. They look and they see and try to find fault. Oh, this is happening because of this. Or oh, this is happening because of that. When sometimes... Sometimes it's because God said, touch her or touch him. Let me see what his face like. Let me see what her face like. God allowed us to be touched so he can see who we serve. Do we trust and believe in him? Or do we trust and believe in our circumstances, our problems, our diseases, our health problems, whatever it may be? Are we trusting in man or are we trusting in him? Are we trusting in Satan or are we trusting in him? And our answer and everything should always be trust God first. You don't put your trust in no man over God. You don't put your trust in no thing over God. Because no man can save you. No thing can save you. No money can save you. No wealth. I don't care what you have. When God says it's time for you to go, it's time for you to go. And guess what? You can't take none of it with you. God don't separate himself from us. We separate ourselves from God because we either we become too complacent and we say, oh Lord, help me through this. 
Oh, Lord, help me get this. Oh, Lord, help me, help me, help me. And then God relieve you of whatever it may be. And you become complacent. And pride come in. And arrogance come in. And you think you got all the answers. You think you know everything. And you forget about God and where he brought you from. You forget about God and the blessings that he has given you. You forget and try to take it upon yourself. And when that happens, Satan creep right on in and try to have his way. So we got to learn from Job. We have to learn from Job. This book of Job is a book that we should all learn from. We should all read it and we should all learn from it because in all that Job went through, he lost everything. He lost everything that could make him money. He lost everything like all of his daughters and sons. He lost all of his children. And then he lost his health. But did he sin against God with his words or his actions? No, he did not. And we'll see, beginning with chapter 3, how he was feeling. Because he got tired of his friends just sitting there looking at him like they didn't know who he was. They looked upon him and saw a bad thing happening. And automatically, he turned from the good person that he was, that they knew, to the bad that that they thought he was or could be or have been hiding. And they didn't speak until he spoke. And when Job starts speaking in chapter 3, we see exactly how he was feeling. But at no time throughout the whole process, did he disrespect God? Did he separate himself against God or from God? And he said anything against God because of what he was going through. Job said, God giveth and God taketh away. And he was satisfied with that. He was satisfied because he knew as long as his soul would say he could lose everything else but his soul. And that's not what he wanted to lose. He didn't care about losing anything else. I'm pretty sure the wild kid walked up. He had to lost all his kids. The friends could have walked off. They wasn't trusting and believing in the good person that he was anyway. They didn't have no understanding about what was going on at the time. And all they could think of was God was punishing Job for something he had done that they were unaware of. 
They didn't look at it and say, well, you know, here we go. Satan, um, Satan is touching this man. Is he is fighting a battle in the spiritual realm? You see, everything not physical. The word tell us that we battle against not flesh and blood, but principalities. We don't fight against flesh and blood. Flesh, flesh and blood can't do nothing to us. Nothing. And this body we got, this body is nothing. Because this was, we, we came from the dirt. And that's where we're going back to. But if we lose our soul, we have lost everything. There's no everlasting life for us. There's no redemption. There's no resurrection. Not the resurrection to be with God. And don't listen to people that say that there's no heaven and there's no hell. Because if you don't go to heaven, that's where you're going to hell so that nothing or nobody nothing on this earth no tangible thing no tangible thing like money cars, houses clothes, jewelry don't like no tangible thing separate you from God they never place yourself up higher than you supposed to be because we are down to our lowest here on this earth. Don't place yourself above others because no one, no one, not one. The word says no, not one of us is perfect. No, not one of us is living without sin. No, not one. Not one. Don't place yourself above others. Don't look down upon others. When people go through stuff, you don't look at it and say, oh, she had to do this. Oh, she had to do that. He had to do this. He had to do that. It can be a spiritual test for God. That's being orchestrated by Satan. We ain't fighting this physical thing. Everything is spiritual. It's spiritual. Everything not physical. This physical stuff is just a delusion. It's a delusion. It ain't real. We can feel it and we can touch it, but it ain't real because it's not everlasting. None of this stuff is everlasting, not even our lives. When we die, we don't take this body to heaven with us. This body died. It got back to the dirt. It got back to the dust. 
So we should never place ourselves on a pedestal. We should never forget who God is. We should never forget who created us. We should never forget who can say, she shall live, he shall live, she shall die, he shall die. We should never forget that because we don't control anything. But whether or not we separate ourselves from God, that's all we control. We don't control nothing else. We don't control each other. We don't control our children. We don't control nothing. But whether or not we separate ourselves from God, that's it. We control nothing else. I don't care how much money we got. I don't care how much clothes we got. I don't care what we got on this earth. Any tangible thing will expire. But our soul, our soul and our spirit will live as long as we don't separate ourselves from God. Oh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not work. He makes me to lie down in the green pastures. He restores my soul. He leads me beside the still waters for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Thou prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou knowest my head with all my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. That's our final destination. To dwell in the house of the Lord. That is our final destination. To dwell in the house of the Lord. Because from what I understand, hell is not a good place to be. It's purgatory. It's hot. And your soul don't get no rest if you go to hell. 